0: The smell in the air makes you sick. Your heart has stopped pounding. The screams have stopped and the horror is over. Now there's a horrible silence. No one looks at anyone. No one can make eye contact with anyone else. You wonder if you will ever be the same again. You also wonder if you could be next. You're a Christian Jew in Spain and you just watched five men burned alive. The first from the Spanish Inquisition. All Christian Jews. Their crime? Keeping Jewish customs in their home after converting to Christianity. tackling perhaps the darkest part of church history and the most used part of our history by people who want to attack Christianity. Well, basically this and the crusades. There is a reason for that. It was actually pretty horrible. Today in Spain, atheism is the dominating religious affiliation and most missionaries to Spain say the Inquisition is still the reason most people reject the gospel. Many cities in Spain have no churches at all, or maybe one Catholic cathedral that's more of a historical site than an actual working church. The cross is a symbol of a time in history when the church killed and tortured people, and the church there now uses the fish as a symbol instead of the cross for that reason. While we accept this was a horrific and terrible time in our church history, at the same time, The only way to understand what was happening is to put everything into context. Let's look quickly at the history of Inquisitions. Again, we have looked at this for the past few episodes. So if you're just listening into this particular episode, please know that we're doing church history in order. So we've already looked at the medieval Inquisition. And I recommend listening to those episodes that led to this one. But just for a super quick recap, Rome had Inquisitions. It was simply a way of asking questions to get the truth about a crime medieval inquisitions added church doctrine to it 1478 started the spanish inquisition we're talking about that one today it lasted 350 years jews muslims and protestants all killed before the spanish inquisition was the albanian crusade the pope messaged the king of france asking him to put an end to some heresy and the King of France was too busy at war with the King of England. So some noblemen went down and fought. One man named Simon Demelfort led the fight. Now as a fun fact side note, his son ends up creating the English Parliament. Well, in this crusade, they had a lot of prisoners. So what would they do? They wanted to kill the ones that were heretics, but they didn't know which ones were the heretics. Instead of an inquisition, They decided to kill them all and let God work it out on the other side. That's an actual thing they said. Kill them all and let God work it out on the other side. This saying, kill them all and let God sort it out, has become another dark stain in our past. The Pope was really angry when he found out what happened. And he said, we can't kill everyone. So they started the Inquisitions. We have talked before about how they worked. The inquisitors would come to a town, proclaim a time of grace, and the people would come and admit their heresy and also rat out their neighbor. Followers of John Huss and Wycliffe were the main targets, but women were targeted as witches as well. That was the medieval inquisition, but then came the Spanish inquisition. It was very different than the medieval one and far more severe. Now, Spain had been under Muslim control for over 400 years. When the Muslims took control of Spain, they changed the name of it to Andalusia. They didn't just take control of Spain. They ended up taking Central Europe, large parts of China, even India. The Islamic empires were extremely rich because of the tax they made unbelievers pay and also because of the slave trade that they used. Christians who could not pay the tax would often have their children taken as slaves. The boys would be castrated and turned into warriors, and the girls would be forced to be sex slaves. They would not be stopped until the gates of Vienna, and the Battle of Vienna took place at a mountain near Vienna on September the 11th, 1683. And that's why the date September 11th, or as we know it as 9-11, is such an important day to Islamists. But we're going to get to that battle at a later time. Back to the taking back of Spain. The Muslim community all lived in the southern part of Spain. The area was called Granada. They had become powerful when an Islamic sultan named Almoravidin was ruling. But in 1238, the Christian army took back most of Spain. And when they did that, most Muslims rushed to Granada to live. When Spain was taken back into Christian hands, it was not a unified Spain. There was really two Christian nations, Castile and Aragon. These two nations had a king and a queen, Isabella and Ferdinando. The two were married and joined their Christian kingdoms into one large kingdom, Spain. They then attacked Granada, where the Muslims had control, and took it back as part of their kingdom. When Queen Isabella and King Ferdinando united their kingdoms and brought Spain back together, they decided to also take Granada. The threat of a Muslim community that was thriving so close to their borders was one they didn't want to risk. So they attacked them. And on January the 2nd, 1492, the king surrendered Granada to Spain. When that happened, Spain demanded that the Muslims convert to Christianity. Now the king and queen really needed unification of the newly formed country. And that unification was not going well. First of all, there was a civil war that started. Portugal was the one who really instigated that. There were others that thought they should have control and not the throne. And the sentiment was that the protesters were more of a religious order. There were so many different cultures and none of them were really getting along. The throne needed to find a way to get unity. Things started to get worse when people began taking matters into their own hands. Because people did not trust the government to deal with the problems, they started dealing with them themselves. This turned into mobs of people attacking and killing innocent people. One of the most targeted groups was the Jewish community. Most of the Jewish people were very wealthy. They ran the banks and they owned large amounts of property. The Spanish people were angry that the Jews who were not Spanish had more money and power than they did. And a conspiracy called the blood libel started. It was a theory that Jewish people kidnapped children and drained their blood in rituals and that that is what gave the Jews their power. This crazy conspiracy theory is still taught today. In fact, at a public high school, Just a few hours from me, right here in Canada, there was an anti Israeli mural painted on the wall that depicted this exact conspiracy theory. Thankfully, the school eventually had the mural taken down. However, it was there for a while before the community found out about it. Anyway, back to Spain. Ferdinand knew that the mobs, civil war, this was not going to help the kingdom do well. So in 1478, Ferdinand asked the Pope to get an inquisition the Pope said, no. Ferdinand of Spain ended up blackmailing the Pope. And he said, I'm not going to defend any Christian country that is attacked by the Ottomans unless you give me an inquisition. Now that was a problem because the Ottomans were attacking everybody. You could hear about that in our last episode. So, the Pope ended up giving him an Inquisition and allowed him to appoint the Inquisitors and gave him full control of the Inquisition. Now, this was the huge difference with the Spanish Inquisition. The church was not actually the one that did the Inquisition, the state is the one that ran the Inquisition. And the Inquisition would last until 1834, like 300 years. There were three groups that were targeted the conversos those were the Jews that had converted to Christianity. The Moriscos, those were Muslims that had converted to Christianity. And the Protestants, Christians that left the Catholic Church during the Reformation. Now, like I said, this podcast tells the story of the church in chronological order. So right now we're going to focus on the Muslims and the Jews, because that was who was targeted at the start of the Spanish Inquisition. Remember, An inquisition authorized by the church was only used on people who claimed Christianity. An unbeliever could not be brought before the inquisition. So when the Jewish and Muslim community were targeted, it was only the ones who had converted to Christianity. Imagine you're a Jewish child in 1479. One year ago, there were rumors of an inquisition. You didn't really know what that meant. But today, you're in your home and all the adults are upset. You're small and good at making yourself invisible. You find a small spot to sit and you listen in on the conversations. I don't understand they're calling this an epic of grace. They're saying it's a crime to take Saturdays off. Not just that. According to this, even changing the tablecloths on Friday, anything that is Jewish is outlawed. But not just from now on, even in the past, even if we've done this before we could be tried. You wonder if that means Hanukkah, the Festival of Lights. That's your favorite time of year. Will that be just gone now? Or how about the Festival of Tents? You love setting up the tent and living in it for a week. Will that be gone now too? Your uncle speaks up. He's the one that's always fighting with everyone at family gatherings. He's the only one that's not a Christian. Well, I'm fine. I don't have to follow those laws. It's only you Christian converts that are stuck now. See, I was right. Your church that you say is so great, they never really accepted you. They might even kill you now. You're shocked to hear this. Kill us? Your mother looks frustrated. No one is going to kill anyone. Stop exaggerating. We'll have to face the Inquisitions, confess we've been following the Jewish customs, and promise to stop. That's it. Your face falls. It is the end of your favorite family customs. Your brother stands up. No, mother. It's much worse than you think. You stare. Your brother stood up to mother. No one stands up to mother. And he keeps talking. They are demanding not just that we confess what we have been doing, but also that we tell on anyone else in our community. And if we know someone who is celebrating and they confess and we didn't turn them in, we will be punished. There's silence and you suddenly realize just how bad this all is. This was the conversations in the Jewish homes when the Inquisition was finally started. Most of the Jewish people were wealthy and of high standing in the communities. Even just going through the Inquisition itself was humiliating. In some areas, the people rounded up the Jews and put them in ghettos to wait for their Inquisition. Some cities made Jewish people wear pins of the Jewish star so people would know who was a Jew and who was not. When the trials first started, 60% of the Jews who were tried were found guilty. Some were killed, and those who were killed had their property seized, and the money went to the cost of the Inquisition. History has a way of repeating itself. Those found guilty were paraded through town. They'd be forced to wear a white robe and a large red cross. Those destined to be burned alive would also wear a large hat, what we call the dunce hat. Those who were punished for being forced to wear the white robe would have to wear it for months. Once the punishment was over, the robe would be hung in the church with the person's name printed under it. Later, the Protestants were also targeted, and like I said, we're going to talk more about that when we cover the Reformation. We also need to talk a little bit about the torture. There was the pulley. With a pulley, hands were tied behind their backs. The rope was put over a rafter, and then the man was pulled up over the rafter and then dropped. Joints would be pulled from their sockets and muscles would be torn. John McCain, was tortured with this exact same format by the Vietnamese. Then there was the rack. The man would be laid on his back on a large platform. Legs and arms would be attached and then the table would be turned and the person would be stretched until joints pulled out or were broken. Then there was the waterboarding, where they would plug victims' mouths with wet cloths and then pour water into their mouths. And this is where we get our waterboarding today. The uncle in our story who was not a Christian was free from the Inquisition. Only those who were Christians could be targeted by the Inquisition. But he was not free from what happened in 1492. It's August the 3rd, 1492. Your name is Christopher. You're a Jewish man, but you've managed to keep that a secret from most people. You were given a Christian name at birth, and your family, although Jewish, has completely embraced the Christian faith. And you've kept it a secret that you're a Jew. For the last 14 years, the Christian Jewish community was targeted by the Inquisition. But now, it's not just the Christian Jews. It's every Jew. You had been excited when Ferdinando and Isabella got married. You were actually at the wedding. And you had a dream to take your boat and sail to India. But you're going to try to get there by sailing in the opposite direction. You have this idea that the world might not actually be flat but round, like a ball. You look at your friend and fellow Jew, Louis de Tors. The two of you are in this together. You're waiting for Abraham Zacuto and Joseph Vesniho. They are on the ship right now going over last minute things. They're the experts that you need and also fellow Jews. You wouldn't be here without Louis de Santiago and Gabriel Sanchez, also Jews. They're the ones that helped you get your funding. You're a mix of emotion, excited your dream is going to actually happen, and sad at what has happened to your community. Every Jew has been forced to sell everything they have. Spain's kicking them out. They can't go east. Eastern countries have already kicked out the Jews or are not allowing any new Jews. They would need to find a new world, some place no one lived in yet, a place where people could finally live in peace. And you wonder... Will you ever be back? This is the start of the story of Christopher Columbus. Historians debate if he was a secret Jew. The evidence does seem to point in that direction. What we do know for sure is that it was Jews that helped him get his finances. It was Jews that were his main experts on the boat, and it was a Jew that was his interpreter. We also know that he did eventually return to Spain with great treasures, and it was because of Christopher Columbus that Spain would soon become extremely rich. In the next episode, we're going to dive into the story of Christopher Columbus. What about the Muslims? Well, part of the reason the Inquisition started was because the crown saw the Muslims as a threat, and for real reasons. They had been at war with them for hundreds of years. However, in Spain, most of the Muslims were poor. They worked the fields for the landlords, so for a long time they were left alone. But the Muslims, including the ones who converted to Christianity, did not assimilate into the Spanish life. They had their own communities and their own way of life. Also, the Muslims, the ones affected, were the poor peasants. And they were protected by the landlords because the landlords needed them to work. The ex-Muslims who were not assimilating into the Spanish life at all. In 1502, 10 years after the Jews were kicked out of Spain, all Muslims were forced to convert to Christianity. As we know, you can't be forced into Christianity. So clearly the church at this point... Is completely corrupt and void of anything that even resembles Christianity. A hundred years later in 1609 all Muslims are kicked out of Spain. At that point there's more wars and the Muslim empires are extremely powerful and empires that needed to be feared. The fear was that of the enemy within. There was obviously a difference between the treatment of Jews and the Muslims in this time period the Jews were not a threat. There were no Jewish nations or empires. Jerusalem and the surrounding area, that is Israel, was not even being controlled by Jewish people. The area was divided between Christian nations and Muslim nations, although the Jewish people did live there. We're going to circle back to Spain over the next few episodes, especially when we talk about the Reformation. But in our next episode, we're talking about Christopher Columbus, so don't miss it. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. This helps others find the podcast. Also, share the episode with others. You can also find me on Facebook and Twitter. For more podcast videos, and blogs, or to contact me for speaking engagements, you can find me at lauraleesiemens.com. See you next week when we talk about Christopher Columbus.